0: hi guys welcome to another episode of for you From Eve. we are back with eve miss happy sunday i hope you're enjoying your sunday so far i'm recording this on saturday so it's saturday the day before right now it's the 18th so you're listening to this on the 19th of course i want to kind of just talk about how it's what what time is it it's 4 p.m and i haven't left my bed and I have had a like semi, actually I had a very productive day. Like I woke up this morning and I haven't left my bed, but I also have been doing so much work while in bed. I took a final or I've been working on a final and I just submitted it today and I got my grade back and I got like a 90s. So I'm pretty happy about that. And I also just had a bunch of homework that i had to get done so i woke up at 8 a.m because my stomach was hurting so bad that i woke up from it if a girl you know if you're a girl you know what i mean so i woke up at 8 a.m in the worst stomach pain i had the worst cramps and then i went back to sleep at like 8 30 and then i didn't wake up again until 11. so i kind of woke up and slept in i watched the new spider-man movie Last night, uh, which was Friday night, and if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend. It's honestly one of the best movies I've ever watched. But I was out pretty late, so I didn't get home till pretty late. And then Saturday this morning, I kind of wanted to sleep in a little bit. All I did was go downstairs to make myself a coffee and eat a little breakfast. And now I'm back up here, still drinking the same coffee I made at eleven a.m. and getting ready to record this podcast episode. I finished my exam work. I did a bunch of homework. I finalized my schedule for next semester, but I'm really upset because one of the classes I wanted to take, I was supposed to take at 2 PM, which was in between like my other classes. And it's been filled up and I emailed the professor to like, you know, fit me into the schedule, but she can't do that right now. So it's, I have to take the 8 AM class, which I don't want to take an 8 AM. I took an 8 AM this semester. And it was absolutely horrible. Like, I'm so bad at waking up that early and being productive and especially because my classes go until 5 p.m. So being on campus from 8 a.m. till 5 p.m. is just not something I really want to do, especially on a Monday because the day after Sunday, I'm always just extra tired. So that's definitely not something I want to do. So I have to try to figure out if I can join a different class or kind of just waiting for that one to open up. But for right now, I added the 8 a.m. class. So I finished that schedule. I reorganized my finances. You know, I just got like a bunch of work done. My room's a little bit messy. So that's still something I have to take care of and tackle today. I think when I'm done recording this episode, I'm going to clean out my room. But because it's the holidays, I've been getting so much PR packages and also just packages for gifts. So yeah, there's just like so much stuff in my room right now. So many boxes and rappers and Christmas, like just so many things. So I kind of feel a little bit drained because of how much work I had to do and how many things I have to get done. Like now that finals are kind of ending, I feel that stress going away. But I do have a lot of work to get in terms of podcast content and social media content like Instagram and TikTok. But also I'm like that type of work is fun. Finals work isn't fun. So I feel okay that that's the work I have to get done. But, anyways, getting to this episode, I kind of like doing those little life updates in the beginning of the episode because I feel like I give you guys a lot of advice, but you also want to know who your advice is coming from. You know what I mean? So, you're not just hearing random advice from someone, like, you're actually, you know, who I am and what I do and everything. So, that's why I kind of give those little glimpses into my life in the beginning. And also, if you're going through something similar, I know that it can help you to know that someone's going through the same thing and kind of a little bit in a funk and a little bit drained. Um, but in today's episode, we're just going to be doing an advice q and with a bunch of random questions. I said this, I think, two days ago or two episodes ago. Um, I had an episode called I Heard You Need a Friend, and I got the best amount of feedback on that episode because a lot of you were like, okay, yeah, I actually really needed to hear this stuff. And so today I'm going to be going through... Questions that you guys asked from the same Q&A because I didn't get through all of them. So I'm going to go through those today and kind of just try to answer them the best that I can. So the first question or piece of advice that you guys want to know is how do I get rid of my commitment issues? And I just feel like when it comes to commitment issues – it probably it stems from a bad experience. You know, I don't think you were born with commitment issues. I think the reason you have commitment issues is because of the lifestyle you were living or the people that you were around or the people that you were with. So, let's say you're having commitment re- issues in a relationship. Um, I personally think that it's because You had someone in the past, you dated someone in the past that maybe was a little bit too possessive or clingy over you and that kind of turned you off a little bit from being in a serious relationship because you're like, I can't have someone be that obsessed with me or be that dependent on me. Like it's kind of scary to have to take care of someone else like that. And I think that's a totally normal way to feel, especially if you're a young woman. Like, as a young woman, we're growing in our own ways, and it's gonna be—it's too difficult to focus on someone else. You know, you, when you're in a relationship, you shouldn't feel like this person is the person you have to take care of. Like, I understand it's the person that you should—you should, you should want to take care of and you should want to protect, but it shouldn't feel like a part-time job to make this person feel good like your their happiness should not just depend on you because that's a lot of pressure to put on someone especially at such a young age when you're still growing and maturing in your own body and in your own lifestyle and then you have someone else that you have to take care of it's just it kind of it just becomes very overwhelming to the average human so i think that's why people get afraid of commitment issues and obviously past things can make you afraid so if you were in a bad relationship or you've experienced the bad relationship firsthand, whether it was your parents or someone in your family, you're going to be a little bit afraid to let yourself out there because you're going to say, I saw two people who were extremely in love and they still hurt each other and didn't end up together. So why would I so easily trust someone else to be there for me when I've seen other people not be there for each other? And that could be something that kind of stems through your mind. And that could be a reason of your commitment issues. You know, there's a bunch of different reasons as to why you have commitment issues, but I think you have to tackle the issue that affected you the most. So like I said, let's say you were in a relationship with someone and they were kind of just super clingy and needed to text you 24-7, needed to see you all the time, didn't really want you to hang out with your friends that much because they wanted to see you, you know, all these different things. Let's say they were like that And you don't really like that because you're more of an independent person and you like to be treated more independently. I think in those situations, it's like the next relationship you get in after that one, you're going to say, I don't want this to be a serious relationship because I've been in a serious relationship and I see how guys get. You just have to kind of remind yourself, not every guy is the same. And I know that this is a difficult thing, like like a hard pill to swallow because we have such bad experiences with one, two, three guys where when the next one comes, we're just expecting something bad to happen. And then when it happens, you know, we can't get disappointed because we expected disappointment anyways. So I feel like that's the kind of mentality that we have in our head. And it's not a good thing because I feel like you're kind of, when you hope for the worst, it's more likely to happen. Um, But also at the same time, you know, the person that you're currently with or the person that you're about to be with doesn't deserve to go through, Trust issues or commitment issues with you just because of this other guy that gave it to them, you know And it's like it's not something you can control like if some guy cheated on you But this other guy's into you and you want to give this other guy a chance But you're like I don't want to give him a chance because I got cheated on and I don't know like my trust issues are going to deflect on him That's obviously not fair to the guy because it's like he didn't do anything wrong where he shouldn't have to pay for his mistakes But if he loves you and cares for you enough, he's gonna fight with you through your commitment issues But the number one thing you have to remember if you're trying to break through Your issues with commitment and a serious long-term relationship is that not all guys are the same And that's a really really hard thing to believe trust me Like I know but you will meet that guy that will show you that there are good guys out there and at the end of the day the right relationship in the right relationship you won't be afraid of commitment. And maybe that's a scary thing to hear if you're in a serious relationship and you're scared of commi- commitment. And you're like, wait, maybe I'm not in the right one. But I personally just don't think commitment is gonna scare you that badly if you're in a really healthy relationship. But at the end of the day, it's super normal to be like, wait, I'm never gonna go on a first date again. I'm never gonna kiss someone else again. You know, the thought of being with someone for 50, 60 years is obviously a crazy insane thought you know like that's a given like that is really a crazy thing to think about and wrap your head about, like, I'm gonna be with this person, like I'm gonna live with this person and be like be in the car with this person, do all these things with this person for the next 60 years of my life. Like that is a scary thing to hold on to. But I feel like if you're with the right person, that will be more of an exciting thought than a fearful thought. So that's kind of my mindset on it. But at the same time, commitment issues stem from different types of problems in life. So I think once you kind of try to figure out what that problem is. It's going to be better to break through it and work through it with your partner The next question that I got is how to get over winter seasonal depression I read I want to answer this question because that's me and I can't get over it either. So hi I'm in the same boat as you I'm such a summer baby. I was born June 21st, which is the first day of summer The biggest like summer baby ever. I just a summer kid. I'm not a winter person And, you know, I like the holiday time. I really do. There's a lot of fun things going on during the holiday time. So I do love Christmas and everything like Christmas and New Year's. Like I do love that. But I'm not someone who's going to see snow and be super happy. I'm sorry. And like that might suck for people who like winter. They're going to be like, you're insane. But I'm just not that person. Like, I just want the sun. I don't want to have to wipe snow off of my car at 8 o'clock in the morning before driving to school. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to walk outside and feel the sun on my skin. And the only thing – here's the things I like about the wintertime. And this is how I think you have to get over seasonal depression is just find the silver linings in the wintertime and find what you're grateful for that the winter provides. So I'm really grateful for the style that the fall and winter provide. I feel like layering is always just going to look better, like layering pieces and being very bundled up. There's always more outfit options and more style options, whereas in the summer, you're very limited because you just want to like be cold. You don't want to be hot. You're sweating, so you don't want to put a bunch of different things on. So summer is always just – shorts and t-shirt, jeans and tank top, you know, very basic outfits. Whereas in the winter, you're kind of more free to layer a bunch of cool scarves and hoodies and jackets and all that stuff. And the holiday time is a lot more fun in the fall and winter. You have Halloween, you have Christmas, you have New Year's, you have all these things going on. For some reason, everyone I know is born in the fall or winter time. So it's like those months are always very fun leading up to like March. And in the summer, it's really only like a few people's birthdays that I know. But I feel like there is a few silver linings you can find in the season and I know it's cold and it sucks and I'm sure, you know, cause when it gets cold, my skin breaks out really bad and I just am so unhappy. But I think at the same time, it's a kind of good to have, I, I live in New Jersey, so I have, I'm a four season state. Some people listening to this are probably not four season states and you probably have summer all year long or, you know, whatever. But I think if you're trying to just get out of a winter seasonal depression, you just have to find the silver linings in the winter time and just know summer will have its time soon. But for right now, you just have to push through the winter. The next thing I'm going to talk about is getting off your phone and being more present. This is actually a really big intention of mine to be more present. I feel like I've like me being on my phone really depends on the other people around me. If everyone around me like is not on their phone and they're just talking and hanging out, I'm not going to I'm not going to be the one that you know, goes on their phone. But if I'm in a room of people and they're on their phones a bunch and they're just like scrolling through it the whole time we're together, I'm more inclined to be on my phone. Sometimes I don't realize if I'm on my phone, especially ever since I started my podcast and social media, It's I'm on my phone a lot more because I'm always checking my analytics and my emails and my direct messages and everything. And sometimes I catch myself being on my phone when I'm with other people and I'm like, okay, don't be that person. Like, that sucks. Like don't be that person. So sometimes I do realize when I'm being that way, but also sometimes I don't. Um, I feel like when it comes to wanting to be more present on your phone, you really just have to have self-discipline and remember you want to like be around these people and just appreciate your time with the people around you. And it's easier said than done because sometimes there will be something happening in a group chat while you're with other people. So you want to be on your phone a lot or something will happen on social media and you want to, like, see what's going on. I totally understand that. But I feel like you kind of just have to really just be appreciative of everyone around you and make sure that the people around you also aren't on on their phones. I couldn't get that sentence out because I just feel like when it comes to other people being on their phone, it's just super – it's going to make you be on your phone because you're going to be like, what am I going to talk to a wall? Like I want to talk to the people here. So I feel like the best way to just not be on your phone and to be more present is to make sure the people around you are doing the same and just appreciate that you're with these people and have fun with them. The next question that I'm going to answer is a night routine for anti-anxiety. So this is something that I've talked about a little bit, but I get very anxious when it's nighttime. I'm a I'm a morning day person. I like when the sun is out and it's daytime and I have the whole day ahead of me. I don't like when it's nighttime and the day's ending and it's dark and I don't like that feeling. So for me, I do get anxious a lot during the nighttime because I feel like when you're in bed, that's your most vulnerable state. You know, no one's around you and it's just you and your thoughts. So it's very easy for us to get anxious and think and spiral about all these different things we want to think about. So my biggest advice when it comes to an anti-anxiety night routine for me is doing a meditation before you sleep and kind of just also just like setting up your space so If you're going to sleep in a messy room with clothes all over the floor and water bottles all over the floor and, you know, packages on the floor, like your bed's not made, like things all over your dresser. If you're going to sleep with a messy room, you're more likely to become anxious because a cluttered space is a cluttered mind, whether people like see it or not. So I feel like when it comes to having a messy room, you're more likely to have anxiety or to be anxious before going to sleep. So my biggest tip is to make sure your space is clean before going to sleep. So make sure your clothes are put away, make sure, you know, maybe you have a candle lit and new sheets on just something where you're going to feel super, maybe don't light the candle before you sleep, obviously, make sure you put that out before you sleep, but just making sure your room is clean and everything is put away. Another thing is just if you have work or school the next day, preparing things the night before will really help get things off your chest and get things off your mind because you're gonna not be sleeping. What am I gonna wear to work tomorrow? What do I have all my things for school? You know, if you get these things done the night before, then the morning of you're not gonna be stressed out. So. I would really recommend getting these things done right before you get into bed, you know, clean your room and prepare everything for the next day, like your lunch, your school bag, your work clothes, your workout clothes, whatever it is that you have to do just so you have these things ready and you won't have to think about it when you're in bed already and you don't want to get up. Um, But yeah, I think meditating is a huge thing. Anti-anxiety tea. So magnesium is one of the biggest things that gets rid of anxiety and kind of just calms your body down so whether you have magnesium tea or you take a magnesium vitamin at night it's really going to calm down your nerves and make you less anxious and kind of just make you relax a little bit so I highly recommend putting that into your routine taking magnesium obviously you can make sure with your doctor I mean it is just a supplement vitamin so I'm sure you would be fine but if you want to just double check with your doctor to make sure you know you Should be taking that vitamin but that's something that really helps me with anxiety I have these gummies that have magnesium and melatonin in them And I can sleep without them, you know, like if i'm really tired I can go to sleep without taking that little gummy but When I take that gummy, I feel the difference of how much more my mind is at ease and how much more relaxed I feel so I do honestly, you know recommend Taking a vitamin or a magnesium pill and drinking some type of anxiety tea journaling out your thoughts I think is a really huge thing too because you'll be able to reflect on your day And take a bunch of things out of your system that you didn't even know was there and putting on a meditation You could find one on spotify to kind of just relax The next question that I got is resting without guilt. And I think when it comes to resting without guilt, it all comes down to is the thing that you're not doing a part of your lifestyle. Because if you're, let's say you work out, right? But you work out like every, like for me personally, I haven't worked out in a week because I was having a cold and going through finals. So I have not gone to the gym in a week. And I have not felt guilty about it at all. I miss working out. Like, I miss being at the gym and I'm excited to go back to the gym, but I haven't felt any guilt about not going to the gym. And the reason I haven't felt any guilt about not going to the gym is truly just because I know that I love going to the gym and I know that it's part of my lifestyle and something I like to do. So I don't feel any guilt because I know if I wanted to, like, I would, and I know that I want to, but I had to just take some time off and listen to my body and. You know, if I was going to the gym while I was having a cold or, you know, whatever, I would have just made my body worse and worse and probably wouldn't have been able to work out longer. But because I listened to my body and took a break, I was able, you know, now I'm able to go back to the gym feeling better and stronger than ever. So I think the number one thing, and you know, you don't want to make so many excuses for yourself where you're just like for two, three weeks, you're just on the couch, not doing anything. You know, you want to be disciplined, but the difference between – I have a whole episode called self-discipline versus self-destruction and that's still one of my favorite episodes I've ever recorded because the difference is, is like the thing that you're guilty about not doing, right? If it's something that you already do every day and you know that you love doing it, there's no reason to feel guilt. You know, it's like let's say you didn't like – I'm trying to think of something people love doing every single day. Okay, like drinking your coffee. If you don't drink your coffee, are you going to feel guilty. Like, no, I mean, coffee is not the best thing for you. I mean, it's not bad, but it's not great. But at the same time, it's like, it's part of your routine. So if something that you're doing, whether it's working out or, you know, whatever is part of your routine, you're less likely going to feel guilty. But if it's something that you're forcing yourself to do, then you're going to feel guilty if you don't do it. So if you tell yourself, I have to go to the gym four days out of the week, if you only go to the gym three days out of the week, you're going to feel guilty that last day. But if you just kind of, You know, do the 21 day that I always talk about the 21 day going to the gym, right? And now it's part of your routine, and you've gone to the gym religiously for three months, four or five days a week. Out of those three months, you went to the gym every single week. And then it's like, you know, four months in, and you like don't feel like going to the gym for a few days. You're not going to feel guilty because you're going to be like, I went to the gym three months in a row and I love it and I know I'm going to go back. But right now, I'm not in the mood to do that. So that's kind of where I'm at with. The whole mindset of like feeling guilty is because I don't feel guilty purely just because I know that I do what I can and I do what I want to. So I just feel like that's my biggest thing um, to not feeling guilty because if you love what you're doing and you're like going to be good at it, then you shouldn't have to feel guilty because it's okay for our bodies and our minds to take a break. The next question that I got is how to stop tying your worth to your grades and how to accept failure sometimes. So I actually have not been the happiest with my grades. I mean, I haven't been super unhappy, but I've been proud of myself because my grades are good for someone who has this podcast and does social media and works part time. Like for the amount of time that I actually have to spend on school, I am proud of my grades. But at the same time, I feel like I tie myself to my grades. I used to tie myself to my grades a lot. Now I don't as much anymore because I have other things that I'm proud of myself for. But for me, college or school in general, I think it should be like a little competition with yourself. Like Even if you're someone where you're like, I don't want to focus on school. I don't want to focus on my grades. Like I don't care about what grades I get. It doesn't necessarily have to be about that. It could kind of just more be like about... Competing with yourself and figuring it out for yourself. It doesn't necessarily have to be something to put on the books so I feel like once you get your mindset out of the fact of like Okay, it's not that I you're not worth that number on the paper, you know, and I've done I've talked about this a little bit more in detail in other episodes. But now that like final grades are coming back, and I feel like we're all super stressed out. At the end of the day, if you do fail that test, it's not going to change your life as drastic. I couldn't say that word as drastically as you think it's going to. Will it bring your GPA down? Yeah, but People, a lot of people I know who are working full time jobs right now are like, yeah, my GPA meant nothing for my job. Like, it's more about if you like, obviously, you want your grades to be good, but just because you don't get a 4.0 GPA doesn't mean you're not going to get an amazing job. It's about the other things that you're putting into your life, the hobbies that you're doing, the person that you're turning into, you know, the passions that you have the extracurricular activities that you do the clubs you're a part of you know do you play any sports do you have like a talent that you do these little things about you are way more important than the grades you get on the paper and that's what's going to help you get your jobs and your internships and shape who you are as a person it's not so much about the grade that you get on the exam but it's the way that you prepared for it like if you set aside time to organize and plan and prepare and study for this exam that's building you as a human that's building you as a character that's building your character development but the grade you get on the paper isn't growing anything, you know? So that's, my, that's how I think about it. If I studied for a test for a week, three hours every single day for a week, and I get the grade back and it's like a 70 yeah, I'm disappointed because I know that I should have done better or should have deserved better. But at the same time, if I know I put my hardest into it, I'm not going to feel guilty. So just put your hardest into everything you do and you will never have a negative outcome. So that's kind of my mindset when it comes to tying yourself to your grades. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and the advice that I gave all of you. Thank you so much for sending in advice. I will post another thing this week. I probably on Sunday or Monday asking you guys to tell me more advice for me to record upcoming episodes. I can't believe it's one week until Christmas. It feels insane that that's, you know, like I I can't believe that this 25 Days of Eve is almost done. But thank you so much for being a part of this journey with me. I love you guys so much and I will talk to you in my next episode.